she goes, welcome to Rando Mando, a World of X podcast, facts, family, friends, and fun. I'm here with Erica again. Hello. We also have a little audience in-house today. It's Haley and Jennifer. You guys can say hi if you want. No. Hi. <laughs> They're just going to sit and listen. Um, so if you hear any giggles in the background or whatnot, some coughing, maybe little Miss Haley's got a cold. Erica and I are obviously going to do our little card game with questionnaires to start. Uh, and then she wants to speak about Marymount Castle, which is here in Colorado. And then I did not pick my story yet, so she'll go first and I'll pick something. Again, guys, these are the Let's Get Deep BFF edition from uh, Five Below cards. Uh, if you could combine two animals, which would they be? Oh, I did this one with Jessica. Yeah. Should I grab a different card? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Do you find it easy or difficult to play on a team and why? I think it's probably a little bit easier for me to play with other people. Yeah. Than why? by myself. Just because if I mess up, there's other people on the team that will help carry me along. Yeah. Good answer. Your light question is, what's the best ice cream topping? <laughs> best ice cream topping? Yes. Well, the best place I can think to go is Cold Stone. Yeah, That place is yummy. That is really yummy. And the way they mix it and that ice cream's all thick. And it just, uh, yeah. I'm thinking graham crackers off the top of my head, but I like, uh, I don't know. Like, I like s'mores type stuff or caramel mm -hmm. or. Yeah, me too. You know, like the graham, like the, the cake graham crackers pie crust. Yeah, I like, I like cookie dough. Honestly, or oh, like shit. brownie pieces. Yeah, Logan loves cookie dough too. Yeah, mm. it's so good. Where's your favorite place to go? Ooh, Las Vegas probably. That's oh. the most exciting place that I've been. Um, but what do you like the most about it? Just the ambiance of it, the lights, and I mean, it sometimes it can be crowded, but they have so much stuff to do. The gambling, you know, that's <laughs> what we like to do. But my all-time favorite place would probably be, like, the beach. Yeah. I love that. It's so relaxing. Mm-hmm. What is your earliest childhood memory? My earliest childhood memory? Um, I could, I got a funny one. Oh, I got two that I love. I remember living in, it must have been Iowa, because we lived in a townhome, and my brother, I was, like, four and my brother was born in Iowa, so I remember being in this town home when he was born. So first, I think when it was just me, my um, every morning when I would come down the stairs, my parents used to sing Miss America to me. Here she comes, Miss America. I remember that there story. And wave and come down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm a little prissy brat, snotty yeah. girl now. Um, I think your mom has told us that story before. Yeah. And then, but my funny one is... Uh, so after when Michael was born, I was, you know how you put the babies on your feet and you're like lifting them in the air like an airplane or whatever. And I, I was four or five years old. Mm -hmm. I was doing that to him and he fucking puked in my mouth. <gasps> yeah, I remember it. I was like, Mom, hi guys, he puked in my mouth and it's all hot and milky. It's disgusting. I. So I remember it. I know exactly where I was. Oh, oh was my disgusting. goodness. Yeah. No. So I don't do good with throw up. No. 
Me neither. Even babies throw up. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Remembering at four, I think, is pretty good, though. Which emotion do you experience the most throughout the day? <laughs> this girl. <laughs> well, I'm a mix of emotions Every all the time. Every emotion. Pissed off, crying, <laughs> laughing. I mean, <laughs> now, lately, I would just say probably within the next past two weeks, it's been more like kind of like a worrying and laughing and what the fuck am I doing? Pretty much. Yeah. I've had pretty much had all of these emotions the last probably two weeks. Yeah. It's been a kind of confusing, anxious time for me, right? Yep. Yep. I would say so. Something a parent, what's something a parent does that you always find yourself doing too? You know how you see those crazy parents sometimes and they just have lost their shit and they're just like, yeah, over it and they're like, yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, how dare they do that in public? Ugh, I would never do that. Well, yeah, I've done it. Yeah. And I don't give a frick in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Jennifer's raising her hand. Too yeah. Yeah. Because it just happens and you lose your fucking shit and you can only say the same thing so many damn times. And then when you're in public and something happens, you are in your own bubble and mm-hmm. you don't see anybody else but red. Yeah. So that's that. So next time you people see a mom freaking out in public on her kid, yeah. give her a little grace because she's probably had a shit day. Probably. So maybe just walk over there and give her a fucking hug. Yep. Or say you're doing a great job. Yes, exactly. You know? Oh, yeah. All right. Erica's going to read her Miramont Castle story. Okay. So Miramont, this is um, an article from the Denver Gazette.com. And we have a town here in Colorado Springs. It's a mount, It's a little mountain town. Um, it's it's actually a pretty cool place. They have a bunch of like shopping stores and stuff like that. A lot of food. They have a penny arcade there, but tucked back in where where the houses are, there is a castle, and it's called Miramount Castle. So this is a little article I found about it, and then I'm also going to be reviewing because it's also known as haunted. Um, so I'm going to read some um, stories that people have experienced when they were there. So in the historic mountain town of Manitou Springs lies a fascinating fortress waiting to, to explore by traveler, travelers, the Merrimont Castle Museum. The Merrimont Castle was originally built in 1895 by Father Jean Baptist Francolin, a French Catholic priest. The priest and his widowed mother lived in the castle alone until the until the Sisters of Mercy came along in 1904. After that, it uh, was used for a sanitarium, primarily primarily for the treatment of tuberculosis. The castle is rum- rumored to be haunted, but that's up for debate. Ghost reports include that of uh, the castle's keeper in 2007, Viola Butler, who claimed to hear singing in the tea room, wooden floors creaking with footsteps, and doors slamming shut when the castle is completely empty. According to Butler, it's like the castle awakes for for a certain routine, with most mostly friendly ghosts, except for the spirit that is allegedly that allegedly lurks in the chapel, which this chapel is like so beautiful. It's very small, but it's 
it it's just the paintings the whole room is just beautiful on time and i don't even know that i've been in the chapel is it off it's offset from the castle right no it's inside of it oh it is inside oh is it in the beginning yeah yeah possibly like up on the second floor i think it is Oh, well, I'm lost then. I haven't been there since we went on that one Halloween. Yeah. Granted, that report was made more than a decade ago. The 14,000 square foot castle is now operated as a museum by the Manitou Springs Historical Society. It serves as a reminder to the Victorian heritage of Manitou Springs and the Pikes Peak region. Visitors can travel back in time by touring all four floors of the Merrimont Castle featuring 30 rooms with authentic, authentic Victorian furnish, furnishings and the Queen's parlor, parlor Tea Room. Self-guided tours typically take anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. A visit to the destination is a great activity for the entire, entire family. The castle is located at 9 Capitol Hill Avenue in Manitou Springs. The mission is $10 for adults. All the proceeds goes um, toward restoration and preservation mm-hmm. efforts. It's also worth mentioning, mentioning reservations are required 24 hours in advance for, the, for high tea and light Victorian tea, mm. which I would really like to go there because a lot of, like, I know during Mother's Day, they do, like, mm-hmm. mother-daughter tea activities and stuff. I don't know that. Yeah, I, I always hear about that. In Cute. Yeah, it's Mother's Day, and then I know during the Halloween they do the Emma Crawford um, races and stuff, mm-hmm. coffin races. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do a, a story on her mm-hmm. later on. And you can call the number and make your reservations there. So, yeah, I have heard that uh, actually my husband's friend, they, they were in the military and they decided um, to go take a tour of that place. And his friend just had some really crazy stuff happen to him in this place. Um, just things that were off the wall. And he even had like dreams where this little girl like called him and then he went to Wendy's and he saw her in the parking lot. Oh, like, I didn't know that part. It's just kind of crazy. I know you told me that he saw her in the window at Miramont. Yeah. And like she followed him around and at she- one point she was like tugging on his sleeves and everybody saw his sleeve like Shut tugging up. are you serious i'm dead serious oh, I have the chills. that was a like i i want to say it's probably been more than 10 years ago but they've never been back since then but yeah Ew. that's just some kind of crazy stories that you hear and i know they have like a a book when you go in if you remember they have like different pictures where people they said not to use your phone camera to use like a digital camera or whatever but they have that book that had people that went and visited and stuff, mm-hmm. and they could send them the pictures, and they have, like, the book of pictures there Oh, of, like, different things that they would catch or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I just have a couple uh, stories of people that's been there recently and what they experienced. This person said, I um, am not a Colorado native, nor have I ever had any paranormal or ghost experience experiences excuse me i went here with my parents and immediately my mom and i felt uneasy feeling feeling in the church area and the priestess room after the tour i spent some time reading up on the lore <coughs> about the sorry the mansion it's okay 
According to stories from the nuns of Mercy, he was not the best person. Throughout the rest of the museum, I could feel like I was being watched, but not in an uncomfortable or uneasy way. There's a little girl with red hair that apparently haunts the mansion, and there's a picture of her on the second floor, I think. When I was looking at her picture, it, it looked like there was something more there and, than just the picture, if, it, if that makes sense. There were only other photos and objects where I got the type of feeling from. I also heard lots of creaking throughout the house, which that happens because they're all wooden floors and it's been, it was like so old. So anytime you walk anywhere, it's very, very creaky. I also heard lots of creaking throughout the house, but it was hard to tell where the sounds were coming from and whether or not it was only the other tourist. I think there are probably many ghosts that are here. There are so many antique objects that have that have so many stories about them. The house has has a long past as well. The only thing that would have made this experience better is that I would have actually seen a ghost, but maybe some other time in the future. This person said they came to Colorado on vacation and um, her husband at the time was a fireman. So my friend suggested we visit the fire museum at Maramont, which I didn't know they had that. I didn't either. Hmm. I'm not a museum person, so while they were talking about their time, uh, talking, taking their time looking at the stuff, I was, I was going much faster than them, just browsing at what caught my eye. I was on the second floor in a room, looking into a glass case where I felt something, someone standing next to me. I just did a quick glance beside me to see a young child standing next to me, dressed in odd clothing. It took a second to register that the child was dressed in strange clothing, but when it hit me, I did a double take, but the child was gone. <coughs> At this time, I didn't think any weird, but my curiosity had me walk out of the room to the hall to get a better look at the kid. Unfortunately, I couldn't, I couldn't see him, nor any sign of him or his parents. This I found weird that someone would allow their kid to wander around in a museum without supervision. At the beginning of the hall, there was a long table where they, they sold souvenirs and crap. I made, the way, I made my way to the table, bored, and asked the lady sitting there uh, where the kid went. She replied, there was, there's no one up here but you and, and me, ma'am. I then told her that there, is, there was a kid in the room with me just a minute ago. She asked if I was in the doll room, which this room, remember this? Mm -hmm. They have all those scary looking dolls. Mm -hmm. Ugh, I don't <laughs> like that. To which I told her I had no idea what room was what the room was called, but pointed it out to her. She told me that she had been told the place was haunted, but that she had um, but she had never seen anything herself and wasn't too sure. I told her I could confirm um i could confirm asked her where the exit was and told her to tell the rest of my party i would be outside because i was getting out of there <laughs> i have had many experiences with spirits doors opening closing music playing faint voices and eerie feelings of my all my life only twice have i ever seen a spirit the first one 
was the scariest I have ever experienced in my life and made me beg God to take away what was what some see as a gift. Mm. Hmm. <coughs> then this one and this kid literally seemed to be standing next to me like any other child, solid, like lifelike, innocent. If it hadn't been for the unusual garb, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I've been to the Stanley Hotel, and Stanley Hotel is in Estes Park, which is like the scene of, uh, or it was based, The Shining was based on. I've never been there, but I would love to go there. I've been outside of it. Did you say you've been in it, Jennifer? No, I was in it. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I've been outside of it, and it just seems like this fancy, old, normal, like, hotel. Yeah, I know. I'm just, like, thinking that, that. Movie was yeah. there is really cool, but oh, that would be awesome. Um, she said, I've been at, to the Stanley Hotel and would gladly go back again as I found it to be nothing more than an old building. I'm afraid of going back to the Merrimont, even though the child seemed quite harmless. It is a memory of my first visual experience that fills me with fear. All right, that's about it. That's all I really see that's really interesting. But we've went, you know, we've tried to take pictures and stuff, and I've hear, heard stories from the staff that works there and stuff, you know, that people's cameras will shut off and all that stuff. I just think it's a really interesting place, but I don't know what I would do if I actually went there and saw something like that, you know? Yeah. I never experienced anything while I was there. It is a really cool place to go, though. But you do anticipate something to happen. And then I think if you anticipate too much, then Then you you actually believe that you bummed when you leave. Yeah, that's the end of my story. (laughs) Okay, I think I'm going to read from Ripley's.com again. I don't remember. I read from here before, but I don't remember what story it was. I'm going to read the terrifyingly true stories of people that were buried alive. Ooh, that's my biggest fear, too. (laughs) I know. I've, I've been hearing stories about people that wake up. I, I read a story about a lady that woke up at her own damn funeral and she like popped up out of the Oh, basket. I think I've seen that story. Yeah. And then she died a couple days later. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Burials are the ultimate farewell to our mortal selves, a chance to rest forever. That is, unless you consider the chilling possibility of being buried alive, a fear that has haunted our imaginations for centuries. Urban legends, books, and even spine-tingling horror movies have looked into the concept. Edgar Allan Poe, the master of horror short stories, was so obsessed with it that he wrote the very unsettling premature burial. But these are not just fictional tales. Throughout history, there have been real instances of people being buried alive, each more horrifying than the last. The Mm -hmm. uncertain certainty of death in the past. Poe said it best when he wrote the boundaries which divide life from death are the best shadowy and vague. Who shall say where the one ends and the other begins? Before the advancements in modern medicine, doctors had a hard time telling the difference between death, comas, paralysis, and the signs of life we now consider (coughs) essential. Heartbeat, brain activity, respiratory function were not easily detectable with the limited medical tools of the past. To pronounce somebody dead, 19th century doctors relied on things they could observe. Loss of consciousness, stillness, absence of pulse, and the onset of, onset of rigor mortis. 
These methods were far from foolproof, however. In addition, a lot of people died at home and were pronounced dead, not by doctors, but by family members who simply believed the person who had, or the person had died. With no proper confirmation system in place, there's no way to know just how many of those people found themselves in a horror story out of Poe's imagination. To avoid terrible surprises, some hospitals in London began, began in implementing the use of mortuaries, where dead bodies were held for days, waiting for signs of decomposition as a confirmation that the person was truly dead. Oh my goodness. If you had visited the hospitals back then, you would have noticed a large number of flowers and attempts to mask the smell of rotting human flesh. Sick. <laughs> you know, I watch a lot of criminal shows and they always say, once you smell a dead body, you never forget it. I... Not that I want to ever see or smell a dead body, but I wonder what, what it is. I, 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 I don't, I never, I don't, I don't want to ever experience that. It's got to be disgusting. Mm -hmm. Bells and whistles, the rise of safety coffins. By the late 1700s, taphophobia, the fear of being buried alive, was so widespread, people started coming up with new ways to prevent it. Enter the safety coffin. 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 <laughs> Safety coffins were outfitted with special mechanisms that somebody buried alive could use to alert a passerby. The earlier ones consisted of just a string tied to the deceased's finger, which when pulled would ring a bell above ground. While there's no evidence the bell coffins ever stayed saved any lives, you can't blame people for trying, right? Oh, God. Mm -mm. I mean, yeah, at least they tried. I can't imagine being confined to small box and not being able to breathe like I just had to take a deep breath because I'm imagining being in that I know box. I don't do good with aye, aye, aye. tight spaces fucking dirt dirt child oh my god I can't the first really official scary. safety coffin design oh this girl over here needs coffin right she's, <laughs> she's coffin for a coffin <laughs> are you okay are you done okay the first official safety coffin design was the one built for Duke Fer Ferdinand of Brunswick before his death in 1792. There's bottled water in the fridge. The Duke himself requested a coffin with a window to allow light in, an air tube for ventilation, and a lock that could be opened from the inside. When he was eventually laid to rest in the family vault, he had keys with him in case he needed to escape. He never used them. Despite their widespread popularity, the effectiveness of safety coffins remains doubtable. Critics of the time questioned their practicality, pointing out that limited air supply would likely make it impossible for prematurely buried to even attempt an escape. Premature Burials and Chilling Chronicles A haunting trip into the past reveals a handful of unsettling tales that through a something combination of bad luck and medical misunderstanding ended in premature burials. Anna Hockwalt. It was February 1884 when Anna Hockwalt suddenly passed away when attending her brother's wedding. A doctor was summoned to check on her and she was declared dead on the spot due to a sympathetic palpitation of the heart. Anna was hastily buried but friends soon started to question her death. When the family eventually dug up her grave they discovered Anna's body was flipped over her fingers bitten to the bone, and her hands full of hair. It was clear that she had suffered the unthinkable, being buried alive. Oh, I know. Scary. Philomel Jonatre. I'm sorry, I, I don't, yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> Similarly chilling is the tale of, we'll call him Phil, who was assumed dead in 1867 after 
um, contracting cholera. Her grieving family buried, oh, we'll call her Phila, I don't know. Her grieving family buried with her within hours to avoid the spread of the disease, only to have a grave digger <coughs> hear her thumping against her casket cover for help hours later. Hours later. Um, she was promptly dug up and taken to a doctor, but she was pronounced dead for the second time the following day and buried again. Mm. Tom Gurin. For a bit of a happier ending, there's the story of Tom. Back in the mid-1800s, Ireland was going through the Great Famine, a period of starvation and disease that would eventually kill over a million people. Amid so much devastation, the dead often had to be buried as quickly as possible without seeing a priest or a doctor to confirm the death. Mm. This was the case for, oh, three-year-old Tom, Aww. who had been hastily buried in a shallow mass grave. There are several theories on how Tom was found, but the most popular one seems to be that a grave digger accidentally struck his legs with a spade and realized he was still alive. This would explain why Tom's legs were broken when he was dug up. Tom had a permanent handicap after the ordeal, but he lived for another 50 years and even oh became a poet. Wow. Oh my God. I have chills. That's so crazy and I sad. Know. Oh my God. Oh. Angelo Hayes. In 1937, 19-year-old Frenchman Angelo Hayes had a major motorcycle accident that resulted in serious head and face injuries. Injuries so extensive that he was soon declared dead and buried three days later. When an insurance company became suspicious about his death, Angelo's father had just recently taken out the life insurance for his son. They asked to exhume the body, only to find out Angelo's body was still warm. We're not entirely sure of what happened, but it's possible that Angelo was simply in a coma, so was able to survive on very little oxygen. Regardless, swift medical intervention ensured his recovery, and he went on to live for many more years. He even invented his very own security coffin packed with a small oven, refrigerator, and hi-fi cassette player, <laughs> what? and toured country fairs showing it off. Wow. Mike Meany. There's a YouTube video on it. Um that says meanie back from grave and then i don't know but it looks like you can youtube it um, more recently irish construction worker mike meanie had his very own experience being six feet under except his was voluntary meanie was looking for a bit of notoriety when in 1968 decided he wanted to break the record of the longest time being buried alive so on February 21st, 1968, under the watchful eye of the press and thousands of curious spectators, he was buried under seven feet of soil. For 61 days, Meany ate breakfast, did partial exercises laying down to keep his muscles active, read books, and mostly slept all inside his cozy coffin. Hmm. He was finally brought back to life in April to the cheers of those present and Irish bands playing happy songs in the background. This was by Diana Boko, contributor for Ripley's.com. Hmm. That was super interesting. Yeah. And sad. And, and sad. Weird. But I'm glad some of them were able to, you know, <clears throat> like, live happy full lives, you know? Yeah. That would be. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, yeah. I just got to. Hold on. <gasps> You're going to. I just got a news thing coming from TMZ. Uh-huh. This says Mama June's daughter, Chickadee, died. Oh my god. Yep. I well, I was I've been following them the past couple of days like they've been um <sighs> saying prayers for the family and stuff, so I figured she was in the hospice. And then like they've been posting like 
TikToks and stuff. Oh, my God. She was only 39 years old. 29. Oh, my God. Yep. Mama June's daughter, Anna Chickadee Cardwell, dead at 29 after oh my cancer, God. cancer battle. <sighs> I know. That is so sad. That is sad. Oh my Do you have God. any favorite memories you want to talk about? Did you think of anything? Well, I mean, we have so many memories, like I have said in the past. But one of the ones that stands out is we were at a... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we were at a drag show. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, you're gonna tell it. Yeah, I'm we sorry, were Dad. at a I'm sorry, Dad. drag show. We went with a couple of our friends that did drag shows and stuff um, at Club Q. I know you, there's been a tragedy at Club Q about a year ago. Um, oh, this one was at Hide and Seek. No, it was at it was at Club Q. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. It was at Club Q. What was that? A popular gay bar. Huh. Go. Okay. So. Uh, they had strippers on stage, and they put Amanda up on the stage. Was and it my birthday or something? I think, I think it was we my were, 21st. It was, it was some kind of celebration, I believe. Oh, my God. It, I mean, it's been years ago. But anyway, Amanda got put on stage, and, you know, they were doing their thing and hey, stuff. Haley's looking at me because she doesn't know this yet. <laughs> and at one point, the guy acted. She thought the guy was going to go down and kiss her, and she... <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> it's so funny though. Oh my god! Uh, but she tried to kiss the stripper, and everybody made fun of her afterwards. It was just the funniest no, thing. Because I okay, I was up there, and he was doing it. Uh huh. Yep. Whatever. And so <clears throat> he was like, I had been drinking, obviously. And he was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, like directing me while he's doing his routine. And so I'm laying, I'm laying on the stage and he was going to resuscitate me. And I thought he was going to kiss me. So I like leaned up to try to kiss him back. And even later I was like, you guys, he's gay. Why the hell did I think he was trying to kiss me? I'm like not realizing in the moment. Oh my God. I'm that's so embarrassed. Well, that's what alcohol does to you. That's so stupid. And I was funny. Oh my and God. there was another time we were at this little dive bar called Bombers. And, you know, I don't drink anymore. So I'm usually like the person to keep everybody <laughs> sane and, you know, together and stuff like that. And drive. And drive, yeah. Well, we were getting ready to go. And I'm like, oh, my God, where's Amanda? Where's Amanda? And we walked outside. And Amanda's in between these two huge guys that were getting ready to fight. And Amanda was standing with both her hands on their chest, like she was standing in between them. And she's like, we just need world peace. <laughs> See, that's where the princess shit comes in again. We just need world peace. And I grabbed Amanda and I was like, it's time to go. <laughs> oh, my God. Because they were about to throw, start throwing <sighs> punches and everything. And Amanda's standing in between them. I don't I'm even like, think we knew is, them. We didn't. I we was didn't. like, what is going on? What, why, why are you guys fighting? <laughs> what, can't we just have peace in the world? We just need world peace. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, that's probably oh, been, so oh, my God. That, no. I mean, you just want world peace. That's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me try to think of one for you. Like I said, whenever you're scared and your little button goes like this, it shakes all over the place and her eyes get all big. I know. <laughs> her sister said when she runs, she puts her thumbs up. I don't really ever see her run. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Or like when she's driving and their mom's in the car, they always they always go, Watch out or ah! or whatever to scare their mom. And oh she always or their mom always screams or what or and, and it's so mean. It's so fun. So sometimes I try to get Erica back and I'll do it to her. <laughs> yeah, and then slam on the brakes and be like, ah! <laughs> Watch out! Her little bun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm scared of oh, one a time, lot of stuff. What was that time? Something really actually did happen. I had to slam on the brakes and I, oh, what did you do? It was like something like a gopher or what was I making fun of you for? I can't even remember. You like, I you did something really funny. I can't remember right now. Oh my God. I know. I get scared easily. It's very funny. Very yeah, easily. Very easily. My niece always tries to scare me all the time. Yeah, she could be. She could have a scare compilation on TikTok. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> Maybe. <clears throat> that will right. be fun. Well, thanks, Erica, for being here. Yep, We're going to record you. a couple more shows. Um, thanks for listening to Miranda Mando, World of F's podcast, Facts, Family, Friends, and Fun. We will see you next time. Oh, we won't see you because we're a podcast. Yes. Listen to us next time. Follow, share. I'm on iHeart, Apple, Spotify. One other one. Google. Oh, Google. Google. Yep. Google. That old lady. <laughs> that old lady. Google. Google. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. Bye.